TV Campfire Podcast. I was like, yep, okay, so you win for the week. <laughs> <laughs> We're here. I hate to sound like a broken road. Oh, no! <laughs> We're fans. It's one of the best things on television. Oh! oh! All right, we got you a hold of Oh, no, you didn't. We talk TV. That was the best scene ever. Like, All that right, blew I'll- me away. It was absolutely amazing. I just couldn't believe it. Welcome to the show. This is podcast number 503, and I'm Libby, your host, and this week we have returning guests. Hi, this is Allison, and I write reviews for Weedonopolis. This is Tom, and I'm professor of communication and media studies at Palm Beach Atlantic University in Florida. Hey, this is Peter. I write for Why So Blue, and I live in Hollywood. Hi, this is Yusun, a costume designer and TV enthusiast uh, from Los Angeles. All right, thanks, guys. Uh, now our news section is supersized because this is the proverbial dump renewal that happens before the upfronts. Uh, but I'm not sure if they're, they're probably not officially doing the normal upfronts, but this is definitely the dump. So I have my stuff set up in sections. Uh, first, we're going to do renewals, give you a little good news, then I'll do cancellations, and then I'll do shows that are renewing but coming back. So it's like in between. All right. So first off with renewals, I have that Law, Law & Order Organized Crime is coming back to give us another uh, full night next year of Law & Order. Uh, Be Positive and United States of Al has been renewed. Um, the Goldbergs, Connors, The Rookie, Million Little Things, and Home Economics been renewed by ABC. And Blackish is on its eighth and final season. Um, cancellations. We have uh, All Rise and Unicorn have been canceled by CBS. Oh. I know. Uh, American Housewives, Mixish for Life, Rebel has been canceled by ABC. Call Your Mother has also been canceled by ABC. Boo! <laughs> I'm trying to go through this fast to, like, rip off the Band-Aid. What'd you say, Yusin? I said nobody watched Rebel. I'm very sad about that. It was just getting going. Boo! Uh, Fox has ordered to series a show called Accused by the producers of Homeland. Um, SEAL Team and Clarice are in consideration to be moved to Paramount Plus for some reason. I don't know why. Um, CBS has ordered the show Smallwood and Good Sam to series. Wonder Years, Queens, and these two comedies, Maggie and Abbott Elementary, have all been picked up to series by ABC. Uh, Jillian Anderson has been added to the cast of The Great. Yay! Hey, that should be fun. Okay, what did I miss, Tom? Okay, Grey's Anatomy Season 18 with Ellen Pompeo. Is what? Amazon has begun production on the Western The English with Emily Blunt and Chaskin Wait, 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 wait. what about Grey's Anatomy? You didn't say anything. What happened to Grey's Anatomy? Season 18 with Ellen Pompeo. What does that mean? She extended her contract. Oh, I didn't understand what that meant at all. Like, you didn't give any context. Sorry, well... (laughs) Pick pick up. She, yeah, there was a possibility of them continuing the show without her, but they're oh. not going to. Okay, thank you. That makes uh, more sense now. Okay, Jungle Cruise will open in theaters this July and also on Premier Access for Disney Plus. 
Fox has picked up Kami Cat season two with a new showrunner. Prodigal Son has been canceled after two seasons. They also ordered a single camera comedy called Pivoting. HBO has added Gary Cole, John Carroll Lynch, and Zoe Levin, among eight to the cast of the White House Plumbers, their Watergate uh, dramedy. HBO Max has finally set the off-delayed Friends reunion for May 27th, which is a Thursday, of course. NBC, big news. This Is Us is ending next year. Season six will not premiere till 2022. All 18 episodes will air nonstop. And um, Law and Order Thursdays. For the defense, the new spinoff at eight, SVU at nine, organized crime at ten. I Dick tried Wolf, to say that, but that that was a better way of saying that. Dick Wolf, as of fall, will own thirty percent of NBC's schedule. <laughs> uh, and Annie Live will air this holiday season on NBC. NBC also picked up finally Days of Our Lives for seasons fifty-seven and fifty-eight. And Miley Cyrus has signed an overall deal with NBC Universal to develop programs and star in three specials. Netflix has announced that Millie Bobby Brown and Henry Cavill will return for the Enola Holmes sequel. Paramount Plus has given a series order to a revival of the sitcom The Game. And Kiefer Sutherland is going to star in an espionage drama from John Riqua and Glenn Ficarra. Oh, he has to yell, tell me who you work for. That has (laughs) to be part of it. Uh, Peacock has announced the Joe Exotic series with Kate McKinnon will not air on any other platforms, just on Peacock. And they also ordered a third Psych reunion movie. And that's it. Oh, wow. A lot. A lot. It feels like they just did, instead of doing the upfronts, they just dumped everything in the news. That's it. Yeah. I'm surprised, actually, that there's one piece of news that I have that you didn't mention, which is that Shonda Rhimes is planning on doing a spinoff of Bridgerton. Star- I, uh, I, I, the, I announced um... that last week. Oh, oh, okay. I guess I didn't hear that. I'm pretty sure I did. Well, she, I was talking so to somebody. Doing, it's, it's oh, you know what? You know what? You you know why I I texted it. That's what happened. Oh. Well, I texted it to the anyone who listens to the body. <laughs> I know. I realized so that. For I everyone like, who listens to the I podcast, like, I totally gave this news out already. Yes, of of the young queen. <laughs> young queen. Yes. yes. Which I, I'll be there for. Different actress. Wait, so so it won't be the actress who played the queen. No, it can't be if it's going to be her. Young. Well, you know, they might do like flashback up. things, so we might get her like they they might go Bounce back and back forth, and forth between young and and, and yeah. older. Because I, I really hope they do that because I really really like you know the, the queen as she is. All yeah. right, well let's move on. We got to talk to the shows, and this time, guys, I am legit uh, gonna have a timer, and I'm gonna be holding it up to the screen so people will know where we are. All righty. So let's start off with the shows. First up, we're going to talk The Nevers. And this week's episode is, um, what happened in this week's episode? Come on. Lots of uh, sexy time. Lots of serious sexy time. Sexy (laughs) time. Oh, you mean you, her and the doctor are making out? Very explicit sexy time. Very. Yeah. And the of Malady. Oh, oh, right, and the big twist of Malady being not Malady. I, you know what? I, I'll, I, I just want to jump in because um, my voice is hurting, so I'm just gonna like start talking. Um, I don't know how much how, how my my throat's gonna last. Um, uh, two things. One is, I mean, I am not a prude, and they have established that uh, it's on HBO. 
very sexual and it's on HBO, but it just didn't seem like, I mean, we're five episodes in and there was no, there was not a lot of that. I mean, there was the scene at the club, you know what I mean? And the kind of Caligula kind of whatever uh, energy, but it was not particularly explicit. So this is how I like to describe it. I would not be comfortable watching it with my mom in the room. Like I would literally be like, what? And so I didn't dislike it, but I thought it was a little out of left field in terms of its explicitness. I mean, it was hot. There's no, I mean, I'd rather talk about the story. No, no, I think it's, I thought it was important because I've always talked about her sexuality and talked about, you know, because the reason I bring it up is because I felt it was slightly exploitative. And like for me, I love the show because I've I've never felt that she was sexualized in a way that was gratuitous or I just thought it was very even handed and I really admire. I don't dislike it, but I, I I thought it was important enough for me to mention. But the other thing, the other thing that I will say, and you guys can fill in all the blanks because I'm going to the end, which was I you know I'm always like oh well, I kind of knew that this was going to happen or the reveal. I one thousand percent am not claiming that I had guessed that she had switched herself, you know, and that they didn't capture the, you know, the real malady. I did not guess that. However, I thought this was pretty funny. I, I legit, like, sort of recognized her as her alter ego, but I, I didn't. Like, I, I just knew that she looked so familiar, and I, it really bothered me. So I kind of had a sense something, I mean, I think we all knew that there was something kind of you know, mysterious and possibly, you know, um, a trick about the, the woman. But I, I really was like, who is she? I was like, I was like, was she the one who gave me my vaccine? I was oh, like, come on. <laughs> did she drop off my groceries? Cause I've been super quarantined and I'm like, I don't see a lot of people. And I was like, how do I know this woman? So I really enjoyed the twist because they gave you enough like hints they focused on her face a lot you know they get all this stuff so they definitely dropped breadcrumbs but i thought they did a great job because it wasn't out of left field they explained it really well and it was a total surprise so you know that was great all right uh um, go ahead allison okay yeah no I, I i enjoyed the episode but i thought that this was this was the first time where i really got the sense that you know they had th- this was this was when covid happened and they suddenly had to just go with the footage they had and cobble together a lot of things that that would normally have taken about like another episode or two to play out because from the very beginning they start talking about the galanthi and it's it's I, for, for a second i was going did i miss something the galanthi, yeah, the galanthi? and and it, it turned out i was not the only one who was who was confused by this and i'm i'm sure that that was something that they actually planned to discuss but it never it never happened because you know they they had to go with what they were doing and and that never got they they got they they were only able to shoot so many scenes before the you know the production closed down so this was the first episode where things felt kind of compressed for me other and other than that i i i i loved parts of the episode i didn't understand how it it was logical at all to try to go save malady it wasn't when there was so much more important things going on it was it was it was just dumb I mean, it was it was i think i think they were trying to show that putting up those nooses really shook um the irish woman i forgot her mm-hmm. name it really shook <laughs> her to the core and it and she felt like she had to do something there had to be an action that she did to stand up for the touched and she acknowledged that this was not probably the best action, but it was the only action she could think of in response to that that display yeah, of news. But, 
it would be a terrible action because if if, if they're seen to be supportive oh, I of know. a mass murderer, then you know that's just going to make things harder on them. Right, and, and they said and that so, too. And, like... and also, knowing Malady, you figure that you know she's got to have her own plan and her own people. And, and I didn't all, know but the thing is, be, but, they, they, they the casts the characters say all those things. Like they break it all down, so none of that yeah, is. But then is, they is, do it anyway. Right. Uh, well, they try not to because uh, Mrs. True was like, let's not do that. Uh, Tom, yes. go ahead. You need to go so we can wrap, the, wrap this one up. Yeah. Um, j- real quickly, I was uncomfortable with parts of the sex scene, especially when it looked like he was trying to choke her out. Yes. And, and I watched it twice, and I'm like, not cool. Um, I thought the uh, penance, penance little flirtation with Augie was fun. Um. And the line in the Mundi's character was when when the rich dude we all hate says, why did you take a job you hate so much? And he says, because I work with people who don't. Yeah. <laughs> that was great. Uh, I thought it was a little muddled, though. I agree with Allison. It just felt like they were, who's put up the electrocutions? Who's who would trying to do what? And yeah. it just seemed like it needed like another episode that we're missing. Or have right, it. Which, well, which I'm sure that they were planning on, but you know, it's just it's one of those things that you can't control, unfortunately. I, I thought if you know, un- under the circumstances, they handled it well. If this was how it was without COVID, I would have said, "What were you thinking?" But um, I think that under the circumstances, they they did what they could with it. Um, malady, actually, the malady revealed that, that that I was most surprised with was the bit with the the reporter. Um, I also was looking at the reporter the whole time, Effie, uh, and thinking, I, you know, I know her. Who is she? Is there something wrong with her? But the thing that, that, that is most impressive about that is that it, it gives a new curveball to Malady. She is not as unhinged as we thought she was. She's, she's actually, you know, incredibly clever, and she's capable of making, you know, grandiose, complicated plots and, and, and passing for just about normal. Which, which we, we normal can normal doing. can pretend to be insane, but insane usually can't pretend to be normal. So, yeah, so I it, was it, like, "Huh, what does that mean?" Uh, yeah, but exactly. we got to wrap this one up. We don't have any, we, we don't have any more time. So we're we're all saying thumbs up ish, but up. not as up thumbs as up. normal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but still, right. up. still up, still up. All right. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about the rookie. And uh, this episode was very much just about, well, it was like a follow-up with Brandon Ralph's character, where he's like, we thought he was gone, we thought he was fired, he appealed his case, he got put back on the force, and then he was like, neener, 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 you couldn't get rid of me. And it it was heart-wrenching, and it seemed more realistic than actually getting rid of a bad cop. Like, I give them credit for that. It felt like, oh, yeah, that's totally what would happen. Um, and I really felt bad for Jackson. And I was like, is he going to kill him? Is that where this plot is going? Like, he's going to go murder this dude? Uh, Peter, uh, you haven't talked yet. What did you think of this episode? I thought it was good. I liked it. <laughs> it is, um, you know, it's interesting. I... I... I did not like Brendan Routh coming back in the sense that I was like, oh, my God, I don't want to put Jackson and even us audience members through this guy again. He's not he's he's not really in it that much. Um, I will say this, though. It's it's a very it, it's very interesting because how they how they handle like 
um, the Brendan Routh character makes sense. It's like, yeah, of course, he probably would have figured out a way to get back in with the Force. And then Jackson sees him. And you can see that there's all these other white cops that are basically on his side. Like, oh, that's the that's the rookie that betrayed me. And I was like, oh, Jesus. However, they figure out a way to, it seems, really kind of take him out. Because it basically... You basically see the body cam footage, and the uh, and the other police officers see this, and we're we're hopefully supposed to assume, okay, like in the world of the blue, that's pretty bad. It's like he didn't back up a fellow officer. However, it is a weird kind of thing that only works in a TV show, where I'm like, well, this is a very specific circumstance to get rid of a racist racist cop. So I was satisfied. But I think, Libya, you and I both discuss off-podcast that it's like, yeah, that's very satisfying, but it's like, well, I mean, like, what are the odds that doesn't, you could Yeah, that it doesn't down? solve anything else. It doesn't yeah. really solve. But, yes, for, our, for the characters we care about and stuff, it's like, yeah, that makes sense, you know? Right. So I thought it was satisfying. No, it's not. It, you can't really relate that to the real world, but I was satisfied. And then you've got the other storyline where uh, – Undercover cop. Yeah, you got the undercover. Chen is is training to go undercover because now there's a power vacuum and they're putting her through her paces. And I have to say, the first test that they did, I didn't see coming. So she sees uh, this girl that she's been tutoring or whatever and taken under her wing is like across the street and she's worried about her, but she's got to maintain her cover. And how does she do that? And she did a good job. But I didn't realize that was part of the test. But it was all set up. Right, right. And I didn't realize that. So I was cool. However, the test they do at the end where they kidnap her off the street, I was like, oh, this is obviously a test. Yeah, because they're like, we're going to put we're gonna put gasoline on her and kill her. I was like, okay. Like, this is clearly, <laughs> this isn't real. Like, um, but I, 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 got, I got why they did it, though, because it was because she had been kidnapped before and buried correct. alive. Very dramatic. Yes. Yeah. So she has to go through that. I get it. I, you know, my only thing is I love Chen as a character. I love I love how 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 freak she was in the last episode where um, I forgot the character's name. The one who, who her her TO, the one who calls Tim. Who calls her Tim. Tim. I love how Tim did did not treat the new rookie the same way, and she's like, "What's the deal with this?" Like like that's the kind of stuff I really enjoy. Um, but honestly. Uh, I'm not a fan of the undercover thing on the rookie so far. I think what I think the reason is because what I like about the rookie is I like seeing the care our, our you know our fellow rookie and tos. I like them together, you know, so, you know, uh, with crime and doing things. When you take one of the characters and now you suddenly put him in a room with a bunch of bad guys, I don't like this show is not it's designed not, right. Yeah, not some. It's not the wire or something. So I'm like, those characters are usually pretty one dimensional. So the idea of Chen going into this world, I'm like, eh, I'm not that excited. I can see that. All right. uh, Any comments from Yusa before we wrap up? We only got like 15 seconds. (laughs) No, no. I mean, I think I literally agree with everything uh, uh, Peter said. So uh, I'm, I'm less... I'm less like, oh, I don't want the undercover thing because it, it's broadening the world, you know what I mean, for us. And they did, they've introduced, they have had undercover work, you know, uh, before. Yeah, so but it, not, to be far fair, it hasn't been that entertaining, though. 
No, no, no. That's why I agree with Peter. I'm like, I don't know about this. You know what I mean? But I'm willing to, I'm willing to give them a chance is what I'm saying. So, you know, it's, I don't, yeah, I don't love what I've seen so far, but you know, you guys know I'm very patient. So I'm, I'm willing to kind of see where they go with it, but otherwise, yeah, ditto for whatever Peter said. All right. Well, let's move on. Uh, Next up, we're going to talk about Halston, which I did not see. Um, but you guys have five minutes to discuss. Go. So weird because it's completely up Libya's alley. Oh uh, yes, exactly. <laughs> Go ahead, Peter. You hit you because you were so excited about it. Hit it off. Um. Well, you know, I, uh, okay, we only got five minutes, but uh, very quickly, if anybody is also, I think, like Allison and Yusin and I, who are interested in the history, kind of of these big fashion icons. A Vogue just did a podcast called uh, Vogue in the 90s where they talk about fashion. They did a thing about Halston in the 70s. And so when I heard that Ryan Murphy was doing this, I was like, oh, I'm going to get to see the Battle of Versailles. <laughs> so I was like, I can't <laughs> wait to see that scene. Like, uh, like so, which is what they do in episode two. Um, I think it's an okay show. Like, if you're a fan of this era and of these big designers and Ewan McGregor, and I don't know who the woman who's playing Liza Minnelli, but she's terrific. She's um, terrific. Like, yeah, she does great Liza. She's fantastic. I'm, I don't have too much to say. I'm sure Allison knows more about this stuff than I, so I'll let her talk, and, and Houston too. I like the costumes and everything. I'm not saying this is great, but if you are into this kind of era, it's like, yeah, it's pretty enjoyable so far. And it's only five episodes, so there you go. Yeah, very Allison, quick. Can I go? I'm, um, I'm sure. What, Tom? I'll go real quickly. I've watched mo- most of episode one. I kind of like it. <laughs> Just quibble. Man, do all of Ryan Murphy's projects have to be gay-centric? I mean, is I, I guess that's his identity. But man, it's like, dude, every single one. I don't know. It's just like... And they're not all equally good. That's the problem. They're so... Well, American Horror Story isn't always about gay relationships, so there you go. Yeah, but everything he's done for Netflix has been. That's true. Well, you know, that's his his interest. Yeah, that's his interest. That's his identity, like you said. Yeah, I I don't don't have a problem. If it's well done, I don't have a problem. My problem with with Halston... I've seen almost all of his Netflix stuff, and... It's hit or miss, and a lot of it's more miss than hit. It is. I would agree. It is. It is Hollywood I, was pretty lame. Like, I, I agree. I yeah, agree. that was. Um, where Allison's trying to talk. Go ahead. Though. Go ahead, Allison. Okay. Where Halston is concerned, I think the problem with it is that it, it feels very, very shorthand. All, you know, like, let's hit all the high, high points of Halston's life and, and, you know, just breeze through it really fast. I think they actually could have could have used another episode, uh, like, you know, maybe put it into six episodes rather than five, just so it had some flow to it, because it really feels, you know, just, just like, okay, here's like the condensed, you know, Reader's Digest version of, of Halston. And, um, there were, there were things about it that I really liked. I think the performances are really good. Uh, Ewan McGregor is fantastic as, as Halston, um the show looks really fantastic except for the fact that you know for a show that's supposed to be about a designer and all his his creations they seem terrified to spend any time letting you actually view his creations it's like they show it for a second and then they they cut off peter brought up the battle of versailles and i was i was really interested in seeing that and then they keep cutting away from it we just see tidbits 
Um, and it's like, I wanted to see that. Um, so it, it, it's things like that, that, that I think that they could have, they could have worked on and made better. And, and also, you know, considering that it's Netflix and, and Ryan Murphy and, and also, you know, uh, starring Ewan McGregor, uh, who is not shy as anyone who has seen the pillow book knows for, you know, getting naked in front of the camera. It was a very coy, very clean show. Um, it, it, it was surprising to me, really, how how shy they were about being explicit about anything, and uh, and you know, considering that you can do anything you want if it's Netflix and you've got a star who who is perfectly comfortable naked in front of the camera, um, there it, it surprised me how little they were they were willing to show. So you know, so that was that was kind of my take. All right, you said you got a minute. Okay. Well, as the resident costume designer slash fashion person who actually went to Parsons, I will I will start there. Um, actually, I want to rebut, I mean, not rebut, re but reply to what Allison said. Um, see, I actually thought it was refreshing. I think that um, we all know he's gay. We know the 70s. People who, people, maybe people don't know about his, you know, you, you know, his iconic presence in Studio 54. But, you know, I wanted it to be about his art. I wanted it to be about his journey. I wanted it to be about his profession. Like, I, like, I don't care. Like, we know he's gay. And I think there's, there's, there, historically, there's always been a sort of an undercurrent of like a lasciviousness or a super because you know gay men tend to be I'm, I'm making broad statements for for time you know the, the promiscuity uh, you know he died of AIDS so you know I was I thought it was great like I don't really care you know we can guess about it we've heard about it like there's already all these preconceptions about gayness in the 70s even through the 80s all of that so I actually wasn't I mean, I wasn't, I was maybe a little bit surprised, but to go back on what everyone was saying, all of you, I was disappointed in, I thought it was just mediocre. I thought the direction, the direction was very straightforward and pedestrian. And again, I'm not looking for super flamboyant and super whatever, but what I did like, I'll focus on this, um, as someone who's actually been in like a design room, and I thought they did a great job. If you don't know anything about the process, and I know a lot of people don't know, I mean, everybody knows more about stuff, but you know, when I was coming up, we didn't really know that the actual designer didn't design all his designs. Do you know what I mean? Like, um, especially when they get super famous, they just hire a team and then they slap their name on it. So yeah. I really loved that they showed the process, the artistic struggle and the muse leaving and the pressure and then, you know, having a team, like the collaborativeness of it. I really don't think people understand that. Um, and then as far as the costuming and the thing, I have to super agree with um, Allison. I think that, and, and even Peter, was like excited to you know for the Versailles I think they really missed an opportunity um you know I the emotional height uh, the, the 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 push of the scene about how he like you know is heralded and he kind of arrives and stuff that was great I you know that I, I got that feeling but overall I thought the direction it's kind of boring and he was not a boring guy and this was an exciting time in fashion she the I, I'll finish with this the older character the woman I forgot her name I should know it but I don't 
remember? She kept stressing about, you are American designer. You were going to put us on the map. You were going to, you know, this is the start of birth. People are going to respect American fashion. That's huge, guys, huge. And so I really didn't think that they did it in a way that was like really kind of celebratory. And then lastly, I, I, I didn't hear any score. I, again, it goes to the direction and the overall production. I thought it was so bland. There was like, you know, you can do so much with score and, you know, whatever. So yeah, I thought it was, I didn't, I, yeah, I thought it was shot really boring and I thought it didn't, you know, it didn't really celebrate, you know, as much as I kind of wanted to, like you guys said, his actual designs and whatever. So, I mean, of, of course I'm going to watch it. I'm very interested, but for me, I thought the highlight was really kind of showing people the art behind fashion and the struggle and how it really is a process. So I thought they did that really well. All right. Wrapping that up. Uh, I don't know if that's a thumbs up. That's more of a sideways sounds to me. Yeah, it's like sideways. Kind of sideways. Yeah. All right. Uh, next up, we're going to talk Mythic Quest. And this episode was strange to me because it felt like set up. It's setting up the rest of the season, which is basically Ian, Ian, sorry, Ian, <laughs> and uh, uh, good Lord, what is her Poppy. name? Poppy. Poppy. I was like, Pippi? No, that's not right. Uh, and Poppy, basically their competition. They're making two separate versions of the game, and they're going to present it. And so it puts them at an adversarial kind of standpoint. And it seems like that's really... And of course, they're going to end up coming back together. But at least for right now, that's the setup. But they didn't spend a lot of time with either one of them. The main thrust of the story, for some reason, was the boss. Let's see. Uh, the, the guy that thinks he's... In, charge but not really in charge dead, dead slanders david david I, I so uh so david's character is trying to get get a date and for some reason brad what's his name brad brad, brad yeah yeah, brad, takes, yeah for some reason he decides like i'll help you but that's weird he's super evil why is he helping him it does not make sense to me i don't understand what his motivation was but he spent a lot of time trying to help him figure out how to land a date and everything. And that was kind of funny, but it felt odd. I do love, though, that, uh, is it Joe? Is Joe Brad's assistant? Oh, right. I love how basically we see that F. Murray Abraham's character, he's been put in this bind where he, he's never, he like, never finished his trilogy, right? He has never finished his trilogy, and she basically takes on that project. And the way that she solves it is realizing how problematic he is about his, like, kind of like, is it Asian Oriental man boy? Well, all, of, all of his, just he's everything. He's a, he's a really old white guy. So everything he says is problematic. Oh my God. So the way she gets him out of it, or gets the, the way she gets the, um, the publisher to let him extend it is that you don't want this guy on a press tour. You don't, you don't want him talking and stuff. I was like, <laughs> oh, yeah, that's pretty funny. I was like, yeah, that makes sense. Like, uh, so I thought that was pretty good. Uh, Tom, go ahead. I thought it was a solid episode, but the, the plot lines were, they subordinated the wrong plot line. The thing with Poppy and Ion, Ion, and the thing that Poppy caved and gave into Brad's battle royale demand by the end of the episode. I would have liked to have spent more time with that and having her yes. work with the tester because I don't, you know, David's a fun supporting character. Yeah, the but, sto- yeah, the main story should not. Yeah, I agree. 
I was thrown I off by him being the main Brad focus. Is fun because they're both so freaking evil. <laughs> that's true too, also, but that's why I didn't understand why Brad was helping him. I'm like, okay, what's the what's the other shoe that's going to drop here? I will say, as a person who plays a lot of um, video games, like I have Resident Evil in the background, like right now. Um, like, I totally agree with Ian and poppy about battle royale like oh yeah they suck i I don't like that like i it's like battle royale Fortnite. like all of that stuff to me is such the i guess like the teenager gen z stuff where i'm like oh my god i hate that (laughs) (laughs) so when they bring it up and brad brad's like oh yeah it's an instant money maker we we have to do this and there's like no that's terrible but then of course then at the end i'm assuming that's not what's going to happen but at the end it looks like Poppy has decided to go with that. I can't. I, I feel like they've done that before on Mythic Quest, where it looks like they're they're pushing for a certain type of content for their expansion, and it's actually not what they're going to do. Right. So I don't think that's what they're going to do. I think it's more that it's going to annoy Ian that he's just like, "What?" Like so. But but I would agree. I agree with Tom's criticisms and everything. It's like, yeah, it's a weird. I feel like sitcoms try to. They have to feel this out in your second and third seasons where you have supporting characters and you kind of have to be like, well, what can we do if we want to do an episode that's just about them? I like, I get that. And I think the actors, he's a good actor. I just, yeah, I just wasn't as invested. Right. All right. Let's move on. Let's move on. Um, Next up, we're going to talk about uh, the bad batch. And this week's episode was, it actually felt like a bad episode of The Mandalorian. It felt like <laughs> it's like, hey, let's go on this adventure on this planet and do this thing because our ship broke down. Let's go find a part. Let's go do the thing. Except they didn't have to leave the baby behind because the little girl actually helped. Like, yeah. but it really did feel like I was like, I feel like I've seen this episode before. Yeah, it was very strange. It, it, it felt like a filler episode, and that's weird to have one that early on yes. in the season. Episode three. Yeah. Although the subplot of that episode was interesting, that's true. Where, where um, uh, cross crosshairs, crosshair leads a squad of of stormtroopers, and they basically wipe out. Well, the one dude disobeys him, so he shoot, he frags him, and then they kill everybody, including the women and children, including the women and children. It's like yeah. holy crap! Yeah. <laughs> That was pretty dark for a cartoon. Very dark. Yeah. Uh, I forgot about that. That yeah. episode was so boring and I stopped caring. I can't even believe... I mean, that's pretty dramatic. And I totally <laughs> forgot that that well, happened. And then what I did also like was at the end, when they all are going back to their quarters, you could see Crosshairs really misses his crew and he really wishes that they were there. And I was like, okay, so his real personality is underneath all that, you know, Imperial programming. Right. And right. so it gives you hope that even though he just did something that was pretty irredeemable, that he's still under there somewhere. Well, they well, keep stressing that he's not responsible for what he's doing because he's just responding to the programming. You know, my problem with this, you know, I, I, I said before, I think, how I tried to, to start watching the uh, the Bad Batch episodes in the Clone Wars, right? Uh, just so I could get some background on it. So uh, this is this is one of the reasons that I wanted it. For for me, 
I have no idea what Crosshair's real personality is supposed to be like, because the, you know this started from, from the very beginning. He was he was you know he was programmed pre, pre yeah, programmed very quickly, right? Very quickly. So I don't know how far away this is. You know, there's nothing for me to like mourn if I had been you know a, a viewer of, of Clone Wars. Well, like, if, oh, if gee, it makes you feel better, supposed to be. no, no, or, no, no, he's just like this all the time. No, so no, no. But I'm just I'm telling you, he was only in the one like one episode. And it's not like you're supposed to have all this backstory. You're learning it like we're learning it. So don't feel like you're missing anything. But but then then there's a problem with the writing then, because I think we should have at least had enough of his real personality first so we could sense what what the team members are losing by having him respond to the programming. So I, I think that's a dramatic loss that, you know, this is a problem with the writing. I'd love to, I'd really love to hear what you thought of the actual pilot because we all saw it and you hadn't and I, I think you said you weren't We don't interested. have except that we can't talk about that right now without time. I just time. want to know if you liked it. I just want to know did you like it? Well, I made it to episode three, so, you know, there you go. So, I, I, I did. Yeah, I did. You have hate watch stuff before, so be honest. No, I, I have. That's true. But I, I actually was surprised how much I, I liked the, the episode and how, how well it was done. Both that and episode two I thought were, were yeah. well done. Um, this one, yeah, this is the first was, again, one. More the B plot that was interesting than than the A plot, which just felt like it was taking up time. Yeah, uh, I agree. All right, well, we know. need to move. We, I want to move on actually, if we can, so make up some time from other ones. Uh, next up, let's talk about Big Shot. So I know we're gonna need more time for that anyway. <laughs> so Tom, reunion. What'd you say? Battlestar Galactica mini reunion. <laughs> <laughs> they actually didn't have screen time together, which was strange. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I do like that they had them as a married couple, which gives me hope that we will see them on screen together. That was fun. Uh, but yeah, I, I like the fact that in this episode, we focused on our star basketball player and her going through all this emotional stuff and nobody understanding that she was going through it at all. And people reacting to her in a way where she couldn't discuss what was going on. And I just like to see all that. Like, she had a lot of pressure on her. And I'm really, and then that led her to cheating, which got her in trouble and detention. Like, all these, one thing led to the other, to the other, to the other. And it all stemmed from the craziness that was happening at her house. So, I understand the whole zero policy on cheating, but I do think sometimes there are extenuating circumstances. You got to find out what's going on before you just go, no. Um, so that was, that was really cool. And by the way, I hated the narc red haired little girl who was like, I come from and let's get rid of her. Yes. I did not like that character at all. It was funny because the teacher, I thought it was funny because the teacher was like, I don't have time for you. You know what I mean? I was like, oh my god! I, 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 you know, I was like, I bet every teacher wishes they could do that. You know what I mean in real life, and I'm, I don't know if they do. Uh, you know what I mean, but, um, but not I just want to jump because I. Oh, go ahead, Tom. Sorry, go ahead. Not that bluntly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I just want to jump in because I, 
I, I think I liked the show less than all of you all in the beginning, and I think you guys implored me to watch the next episode, and you were like, oh, it gets explained, it gets better, blah, blah, blah. I have to agree with you, you know? I definitely like the show more, and um, I think the her, her storyline was very realistic. We've all seen it before. I mean, we, it went, what was with the Lori Laughlin and the, you know, and the, that, you know, uh, university scandal, and, you know, we, you know, so we're, it happens. It really does, and I thought that her reactions were very realistic. Realistic. You know, like I said, I, I understand now what the show is trying to do and what who it's for and how, you know what I mean? Like I, I, I look, I never thought it was going to be Generation, but I really I've never watched any like Nickelodeon shows or Disney Plus or whatever, you know, um, but I'm assuming that it like I get it now. So I'm expecting less of it. And that's not an insult. So I've kind of changed gears and I've eased into it. Um, so and I thought her acting was excellent. I didn't really like her. You know, she's kind of bratty and, you know, and I didn't think she was going to be a good actress but she had to carry the whole episode and I thought she did a really great job and then the last thing I want to say is because so I'm in it's you know it's fun enough um is I didn't realize I'm a little annoyed isn't the right word but I, I mean, I, I just, I thought it was going to be more about the girls. I mean, I get it. The show is called Big Shot, you know, not Big Shots or anything. But I'm surprised at how, like, dramatic they're asking John Stamos to be. Like, you know what I mean? He's like, I think he was, like, practically crying at this, this you know, at the end of this episode. And I was like, didn't he cry last episode? I was like, <laughs> he's doing a lot of Demi more crying. I was like, there's a lot of, like, every time there's a chance for him to cry, he's like, I'm bringing on the tears because this is me acting. So I was a little, like... Okay, I guess the show is going to be a little bit more about him than than I thought, you know, but but overall I will say you guys were right and I stuck it out and I definitely think it's it's a it's a show that I I'm I enjoy watching also because it's so low pressure. It really doesn't ask a lot of you and it isn't super dramatic and it isn't super teen angsty. You know, it does what it does and I think it does it fine. All right, uh Peter, you had thoughts? Uh, yeah, I like the show a lot. I think this might be the first time I'm actually talking about it. Um, I am surprised how much the show has become. I sort of see what Houston is saying, but like, like I said, the show's called Big Shot, so I know Stamos is Stamos is going to be um, a you know central. He's the focus. Figure. Yeah, he's the focus. focus. But I gotta right. say, I really like. I like the girls. I like the, I like the, yeah. the basketball team, and I I. I sort of feel like even though, oh, uh, what's her name? Who's Mighty Ducks? Lauren Graham. Lauren Graham. <laughs> even though Lauren Graham is on Mighty Ducks, I actually think this is a better the the stuff that I got from Gilmore Girls. I'm getting more on this show than I am on the Mighty Ducks thing. Obviously, I don't have the mother daughter thing. I mean, we have a father daughter thing. But what I mean by that is like the way the girls interact at this like big prep school which is kind of like what Rory's school was like it's it's kind of it works in the same way like I get the same like enjoyment out of it and I thought this episode was good yeah like I um I, I also liked I, lo I love the uh, the battle star the fact that the two char characters are married I thought that was pretty nice like in joke um but yeah I thought Luis like I thought her character really like stepped up and really see how freaked out she is and everything which I thought was great that scene where the assistant coach gets mad at her oh yeah no and idea. slams like slams something and yeah she's backed up all great. against the locker really yeah good. that was really good oh and then just as a side note i totally enjoyed um i enjoyed um him going on the date with the, the date. Teacher. yeah that was fun yeah it was pretty entertaining all uh, right uh, tom 
Those periwinkle eyes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> periwinkle eyes. Yeah. So, uh, it's, it's uh, yeah, really, I'm, I'm totally enjoying it. It's really hard to do a high school show well, and even harder to do it to do a college show well. But I like that they know they're smart enough to shift the focus on the different girls in the team, so you're not always on one girl. And Yvette Nicole Brown rules. Oh my gosh, she's amazing. Oh, she's yeah. great. Love, yeah. Love, love great. Her. All right. All right, so let's wrap this one up with thumb, thumbs up. Yes. Oh, yeah. All right, yeah. next up, we're going to talk about the season finale of uh, Young Sheldon. And I did not realize it was a season finale. I hit play on it last night. I started watching it, saw what it was about, and I was like, nah, I'll watch this later. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, to me, it didn't start off so great, but uh, Tom and Peter, you guys have a different opinion. Go ahead. Yeah, it was really interesting. Um, basically, I forget the episode title, but it's about how random things can affect other things and have consequences. And basically, it kind of starts with uh, with Missy being heartbroken about this. Uh, you know, she's broken up with her boyfriend at school, and then uh, nobody can console her, and she and Sheldon get into a fight, and she tears up his autographed picture of Pro- Professor Proton. <gasps> and- <laughs> and at the church, Mary runs afoul of the of the uh, of she's the church secretary, but she runs afoul of the receptionist because the pastor and his wife have just had a baby. And so basically, everybody's kind of stressing out and taking it out on each other. But the grand uh, the thing that has ramifications for future seasons is at the very end of the episode, after George Senior and Mary have a huge fight. He ends up at the bar, and Brenda, newly single, newly divorced neighbor, no! and basically says, "Hey, want some company?" And if you know your Big Bang Theory history, there's a reason why Sheldon knocks those many times, and it all has to do with where the showrunner intimates they might be going for these next few seasons. So. Uh, yeah, it, it's a solid, interesting episode and kind of a pivot point for the series. Uh, Peter, your thoughts? Yeah, I know. I totally agree. Also, love, I, you know, obviously, as a person who was around in the 80s and 90s, it's uh, enjoyable that, a, uh, of course, a preteen girl is listening to Nothing Compares to You by Sinead O'Connor on a <laughs> loop on set over and over again. Like, I thought that was pretty, pretty great. Um you know, um, wait, is it Missy? Tom, is that yeah, sister's yeah, name? Yeah, Missy. Missy's always a, Missy is a, has always been a terrific foil for Sheldon because part of the episode eventually is that she basically is going to like run away from home. She packs up her little backpack and then Sheldon sees her and is like, well, I can't let you go out in the dark like this and everything, you know, and so they have moments to like bond uh, and stuff. And there's a great moment at the end where, um, it's something about like, I don't know if it's about like worrying about boys and she says something to him. Like, I guarantee 20 years from now, Sheldon, you're not going to be worried about Star Trek and sci-fi and stuff. And he's like, I don't know. I don't know about that. And so yeah, he's like, you want a better dollar on it? And then at the end, you know, uh, Jim Parsons is like, she still never paid me that dollar. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's like, I was like, oh, so I mean, yeah, I did not realize it was the season finale, um, but it, it's, yeah, stuff is in place with the dad. Yeah, I, I thought it was good. It was solid. 
All right. Thumbs up. Wrapping that up. Next up, we're going to talk about uh, Legacies. And this was the this was the episode. It's like everything happened. I was like, is this the season finale? Like, it was crazy. I mean, we it paid off in that we predicted that Landon was not Landon. We predicted that last week, and they revealed, yes, Landon's being weird. So... I did not guess he was a golem made from the mud of the statue in the what? Like that, I didn't I see coming. That statue was creepy. Uh, creepy. <laughs> I was like, that is creepy. Yes, and we all know, agreed it was creepy. Yes, we agreed it was creepy, but that does not mean I thought it was actually Landon. No, I, I didn't guess it either, but I laughed because, you know, because I was like, uh, see, I told you it was, it was wrong to build that thing. I was like, I told you. I was like, terrible idea. That's it. That's all I'm going to say. But they had, like, multiple plot twists. Yes. Um, And it was all... And then, like, when... I'm actually kind of upset that MG and his buddy are not buddies anymore because I was into... (laughs) Yeah. I was into that bromance, man. I was I into that. that yeah, yeah. That was that was a shame. That just, and and I I didn't think that they really needed to go there. It's like you know, oh well, we need to prove that that you know what's his name who runs the the place is correct. And it's like, no, we don't. I mean, I mean, he 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 wasn't really trying to be suicidal. He wanted to be a superhero. And then he realized that that was a bad idea, and he promised he wouldn't do it again. So you know, I mean, there's no reason to not take his word on that it's not well, I don't like know why he had to erase their friendship about yeah I mean he I erased everything stuff. because yeah. well I think because you know he was afraid if they if they're even friends that it'll it'll come back up again but um but yeah I thought it I thought it was a waste because I really liked where the that character you know the the whole character dynamic was going and I knew it was going to go bad at some point but I figured, okay, well then they'll course correct, and I think they course corrected a little too much. Too much, <laughs> yeah. But I, I think the other thing that was interesting was that you know I, I I we were discussing it last week was that you know the idea that maybe Landon is really the necromancer, and it turned out that the the necromancer did make it through, but in in a completely different way. He was Ted. Um, he was Ted. He was Ted. They, 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 he was actually getting his his second chance by yeah. virtue of not being able to remember who he was. And he turned into a pretty decent guy. Um, yeah. So it was kind of a shame because I really, you know, the necromancer is just a fun character, no. and it's it's kind of sad to see him him you know actually. Yeah, go. but he went out well. He went out as a good guy. He did. He got a good death. He did. And there's no reason with a show like this that they couldn't resurrect him anyway. Um, yeah, because you know it works like that. But yeah, all of it. The the, the only thing that that I think um, I I kind of got, and I didn't get it like. For weeks, I, I just once once we established um, who the fake Landon was, uh, I, I kind of figured that the guy running around with the mask had yeah. to be. Yeah, yeah. I thought that too. Yeah, it was it was like by by virtue of yeah, and so you know I think it's going to be one of those things where he's probably now like a hundred years old or something because time works differently in there and he's had all these these experiences that have turned him you know really really well his hair is much longer i saw that yeah Yeah, powerful now that he has long hair is that all he needed he just needed (laughs) i don't i don't think that like they necessarily age in this in this you know alternate world but you know he's 
probably been in there for a really long time. So his personality, I mean, she's still not getting landed back because his personality now is going to be affected by how long he was in there. Yeah, uh, <laughs> you said you want to talk about the that? big friendship uh, betrayal? Uh, what, uh, which one? You mean with Cleo? Yeah. Cleo? Yeah, you know, I did not guess that. Uh, again, I'm not like going around going, oh, I guess everything, everything is boring. But I do love it when I'm surprised. Um, and But also, I did think that this was, I will say this, I just thought she was a little too nice the whole time. Oh, yeah. She was very sweet, and I thought, this doesn't, like, I wasn't like I was saying, like, oh, this doesn't seem real in terms of the acting, but in terms of overall plot and narrative, I kind of was like, yeah, I don't, you know, it's sort of like the the general being, you know, so vulnerable at the fountain. Like, as soon as he did that, I was kind of like, yeah, he's no up to no good. So, for me, I, I was waiting for the other shoe to drop with Cleo. I wasn't sure, you know, I wasn't like, oh, you know, so that was, and who was she supposed to be? I forgot. It's like a big deal. Well, well I, I, they don't say her name, but what was cool? They they no, say they are, say she's supposed to be a muse. Yeah, they and, said that. that they said that, like a that, yeah, no, they no, said no. that a couple episodes. Yeah, they said that a couple episodes. But the the big reveal was when she knew Leonardo da Vinci. Da Vinci. That's what I meant. Yeah, she she was part. Of, no, she, no, no. The big reveal is she is the artifact. She is the. Artifact. Oh, she that is. Yes, you you're yeah. correct. That is the reveal. That's yes. what I meant by like I forgot who she was supposed to be. Uh, it's huge. Yeah, this show uh, this show had so much going on and it was fun but almost a little overwhelming. I'm like, oh, we're supposed to know this. This one person's revealed. This ends. This starts. This you know. Um, but yeah, I thought that was a great twist that a human being the artifact. Um, and I did not guess it. So yeah, this episode was jam packed. And, and, and I, I liked that. I, I liked her that her mo was basically she wanted to unleash uh, Hope's potential. Thanks. Oh, yeah. yes. She wasn't trying to kill her. She well, she was trying to kill her temporarily. But <laughs> yes. um, yeah, she she wanted to just make her be all that she could be. Correct. Yeah. And that and is one thing that's crazy is that she hasn't unlocked her vampire. She keeps talking about she's a tribrid, yet she doesn't actually have the third thing. I forget. I forget all the time that she hasn't activated it. So yeah, that was a, a big callback. I thought this episode moved so many aspects of the plot forward and then remember the tiny the other plot which is Josie and um and oh her, what's her name friend. uh Finch Finch Boring. yeah I didn't care about that either really I, no I don't care about it either but I'm just saying like they hit every note you know what I mean it, it was like a it was a lot of show and so I don't like her but I do like that it seems like they're just bringing Josie back and now she's coming with a werewolf you know what I mean so right. she's so that I like too, because I think we all complained about, you know, we were not super interested in what's going on in high school. So they wrapped that up as well. They were like, here, this is how we're bringing everybody back together. So I, yeah. yeah. I, it, and, and I think that's possibly what played into MG uh, completely cutting ties with his friend is that we were just dropping the whole high school thing. Right. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, let's wrap this one up. Definitely thumbs up. Both thumbs up. Oh, yes. Yeah. This yes. is the best episode they had in a while. All right, yeah. uh, next up, we're going to talk about Law & Order Organized Crime. And, I mean, technically speaking, we have to talk about SBU a little bit because it was a crossover, but, I mean, very little bit. Um, yeah. The only thing you need to know from SBU is that uh, Liv's brother got killed by this gang or this this group of women that returned. There's a con, con women. Uh, but their thing is that they con you out of your money and then they kill the guys, which I felt was a little extreme. Yeah, I, 
accident. No, no, no. It was because the fentanyl or the purple, whatever. Yeah, but they knew it. They knew that every guy that they were giving it to was dying, and they kept doing it. Remember in the scene, she was like, wake up, wake up. You're not supposed to die. Like, what's going on? Like, but that's the. I know, but that's the first time that happened, but they kept using it. That's why the lawyers were like, oh, we're going to get them with it, not just intent, but because they knew that it was killing people. Yeah, I had to stop kind of stop paying attention so you're (laughs) anyway the whole point was Liv really she found out that her brother didn't OD that her brother got hit by this gang and that that's why he's dead so she's like super motivated and ends up that's what hooks her back up with Elliot because he's in in the organized crime thing and so the two storylines kind of mesh and it meshes up with Elliot's story of finding out that his wife was the target of the bomb and he was like, well, why would anybody want to kill her? And it was, the thing is, is that Elliot and Liv's relationship has been so hidden, just back and forth and bad, like unbalanced. Because he's his head's not right and all this other stuff. But then he starts seeing uh, the ex-wife of the drug dealer. And they have a weird relationship happening. It looks like they're going to get together. And... They've been building that for several episodes to the point where I started kind of shipping it. I was like, oh, maybe this will work. And then the bomb hits at the end of the episode. And I was like, really? Another plot? Not. I wasn't actually mad. I was actually shocked. It was a pretty good yeah. plot twist. Which was, you find out that his wife was the target of the bomb. And instead of the drug dealer being the one that ordered it, it was the ex-wife who ordered it. So that she could honeypot Elliot. And I was like, wow, that is freaking diabolical. That is crazy diabolical. And it was working. That's the thing that blows your mind is I was like, oh my God, this is totally working. Uh, But go ahead. Are we the only two that have seen it? Yeah, I believe so. Okay. So um, I, I, yeah, it, it was funny because I think I saw it right after or before Legacies and I thought, I was like, another reveal. Someone who was supposed to be good is now kind of bad. And it was like a big, big, you know, end of episode cliffhanger reveal. Um, So, but I actually think, I I agree with you, but I think it's a little bit different for me. I don't, first of all, it was amazing. I did not guess it. I did also, though, and I mentioned this to you, I did think something was weird and up because, like, she was going to end up, you know, being kind of more nefarious and, you know, kind of whatever. Um, Because the relationship, yes, they built it. Yes, they absolutely did. And it kind of made sense because it was born out of their mutual grief and bonding over loss of loved one and stuff. So all of that is kind of really believable. But I just was like, man, they're really rushing this. They are, like, pushing this. You know, him, you know, being into her and all that stuff. And I don't think she manipulated that or planned that straight from the get-go he was the one that showed up at her house and he was the one that like reached yeah, out for her but i know. feel like she said it she had to have set that up i i disagree i think I, she did I, I honestly don't think so i but but i think that she pivoted immediately you know to kind of well, like why oh. target his wife that doesn't make any sense she targeted oh, no, his wife for a reason oh. No, 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 no. I agree with you. No, that's what I'm saying. I, 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 I'm. That's why I'm saying I agree with most of what you're saying. But I, that's what I want to know. That this show isn't great, but it's good enough. And that that mystery twist is excellent because now I really want to know why did she target him, uh, her, his wife? You know, and maybe she's the whole super brains of this whole thing. Oh yeah. You know? 
Yeah. The husband is the muscle, you know, but she's like the professor. So maybe she's like the super smart one. They clearly, you know, are still uh, fond of each other and professionally related, clearly. You know what I mean? She's involved in the business somehow. And now we know she's super involved because she ordered a hit. So I like all of that mystery unraveling. But I, at least the way I read it, though, was, yes, of course, she was the one with, you know, that called out the hit. But he sought her out at the school. He he seemed to be the one that was bonding with her. He went to well, her, he sought her Yeah, he sought her at the school because she was yeah. the, but she knew that he would. She's playing chess. He's playing checkers. I, I get it, but I just like I said, the only thing we differ in is I think that she is absolutely playing their on their relationship and it's manipulated and all that stuff. But I I think I think that it was a pivot, like more like I don't she, I think it was like, yeah not I enough abs- to hear. Yeah, I yeah, absolutely I, think she like, did yeah, from the start, but we got to yeah. move on. We got to move on. Yeah, no, I know. I was just it'll be interesting to see. Okay, uh, next up we're gonna talk Shadow and Bone, and it's episodes seven and eight, and this is the end. This is <laughs> until next season. Until next season. So, uh, what I was just kind of blown away with was how diabolical the general's plan was. Like he put this collar on her so that he could con- not just u- use his own power, but completely control her power. And I was always of the opinion that he was basically, she was a prisoner in a gilded cage the whole time, but he was like, oh, no, 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 you're, you're like a literal prisoner slave now. And I was like, wow. Like, and, and then he had the nerve, the nerve to be upset that she saw him as a bad guy. Like, he was like, oh, in a couple of years, she'll forgive me. It'll be fine. I was like, dude, you just blended bone to her, grafted bone to her to make her your slave. But in a couple of years, she's going to be totally cool with it, right? And he was like, yeah, if it's five years or 50 years, she'll totally be fine. I was like, are you delusional? So that's basically what she says to him. It's like, she's like, we could have been partners. We could have been equals, but you have made that impossible now. And then he was like, fine, you'll make me the villain. And I was like, what? You like that, you meanie. I like that because, you know, we always talk about the villain being, you know, so pivotal, blah, 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 not a good villain. He's a good villain. I, you know, complexity is is kind of the thing, you know, when people talked about Thanos, you know, not being a complete monster. I, I like that it showed his like, I mean, it was lame and sad, but like, I like that it showed his vulnerability and that he there underneath all of the, you know, machinations and the power hungry, whatever, he genuinely felt a, a deep bond for her and kind of wanted her to like him back at some point. But you so don't enslave it, the girl if you want her to like you. I'm not saying his plan was good. No, it was an effective method to get him to her to fall in love with him. I'm just saying that I like that the show fleshed him out. He wasn't a mustache twirler. You know, there were there were aspects. I love you guys. You, I love um, backstory. I love origin stories. So I love that they took the time to build an understanding of why he did what he did and where it came from. And he had pure intentions. And then he just got like power hungry, maniacal. You know what I mean? But yeah. to me, that all adds to like the weight of the show because he isn't a mustache twirler maybe we don't like him at all but we do tend to start to understand him and his motivations more so i find that way more interesting you know 
And for me, uh, I think I will I will come out. I will leave this my part of the conversation by saying this. It was a little Lord of the Rings for me. I was like, okay, it's ending. It's beautiful. They're in a field. Bye bye. And then I was like, nope. There's like this other scene. And then I was like, oh, I know. And we all knew, and I was waiting for like the final ending because I was like, you know, they're gonna end with him like, well, you know, the bad guy still being alive. You know, so well, that's only because of- they said he was dead five times. Yeah, like, I know, and it was hilarious, so I, so, and, but the other thing I will say is, throughout that scene where they were, like, around the campfire, and they all, like, everyone, he kept saying, Mal kept saying, like, well, we'll be back, and she was like, well, I want to come back, and I was like, I want you to come back, because I need season two, I was like, you guys better come back, <laughs> I was like, come on now, he was like, we'll be back, I was like, oh, please come back, you know, so I legit, I'm so invested now. I think they did a great job top to bottom, and I really hope they do a great job with season two. I, I, I feel hopeful. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. And and I agree, too, that I think that what, what, what was so great about Kerrigan as a character is that, you know, in, in, an, in one sense, you could see exactly where he was coming from. I mean, his, he was... Uh, part of an oppressed people they were they were being pursued they were being killed and his intentions at the beginning seemed to be that he just wanted to find a way to protect them and over time because I think we forget because you know he's he's played by very pretty Ben Barnes um, that he's supposed to be like at least a thousand years old maybe older and over that time he it's just all curdled into this into this you know absolute form of thinking where he you know he started out let's okay let's try to protect our people and now it's like i have godlike powers and i know what's best for everyone no matter what i do and that that plays into his his delusion that he can do these horrible things and turn turn her into a slave and then and then say well but you know in 100 years or so she'll be good i know like besties you know we'll be walking hand in hand in the field and it'll all be great (laughs) hearts and flowers um but you know it's it's that kind of it's from the perspective of someone who has lived so long that he he just you know he probably forgets half the people that he's he once associated with and and bonded with closely because he's just been around that long so um yeah, I, I I I really like that. I mean, he's he's he does horrible things, but at the root of it, it was at least originally for a good reason, and it's become all twisted over time. So that that makes him an interesting character. And I you know that I think we haven't talked about um, the uh, the crows, who were absolutely brilliant in in this last, especially the last episode. Um, you know, a, a more of them. Absolutely. I loved everything about their association with each other and how they played into how they were actually shoehorned into this story um, from what is actually a separate book. But they they worked perfectly. They 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 were fantastic to watch. And and I love seeing those characters. Uh, Tom, I agree. All three of those actors bring such energy to their roles. Oh, yes. We're able to watch. Yeah. I was kind of bummed that our sitcom sitcom romance came to an abrupt end with him hating Matthias. She, you know, she lies to save his life. But he was unconscious and, and didn't see it, so. Yeah, but, but everything true. about that relationship is so wrong. Anyway, I think I, I, I mentioned last week that it's just, it's Stockholm, Stockholm syndrome. syndrome played for romance. I, I, I and, and it's so John wrong. Snow and Egret. 
I thought it was more Jon Snow it's, and Grant. It's definitely more. Uh, uh, not, not really. <laughs> not for me. It's, it's just, I mean, he, he, he literally, he kidnapped her. He was bringing her to stand trial and be executed. He so burned he as a witch. So he he was okay with all of that. And, and just, you know, it just, the, the idea that he's now angry at her for what she did, I mean, by, by having him Flipping arrested. Right. For, ironically, the one thing he didn't do. Um, but, you know, it's, it's, it's like she, she actually, it's like, I want to say, dude, she owes you nothing. Okay. You're lucky that she's doing this to keep you alive. You should not be so attitudinal at her. So, yeah, that, that bothered me. It hurt his that, feelings because he thought they were in love. Yeah. Yeah, but it's, it's so not. She needs, she needs a good therapist to discuss yeah. her. Well, I, I like that they, they basically put everybody on the same ship. So, obviously, in season two, we're going to have the big team-ups that happen. Yeah. So. That was yeah. awesome. I love how they wrapped everything up onto that ship. Every, every time someone else came onto the ship, I was like, wait, uh, wait, they're on the ship too? Oh, wait, somebody else. And so, and this I love the how only they... only ship out of town. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was. No, no I'm kidding. But, uh, and I love how they brought the heart uh, person, what, the heart Master render, or whatever that's called, you know, heart Like I love how they linked all of that because I mean, yeah, I, the show is smart. I, it it's from the book, so I have. I know, Libby, you mentioned you want to read the books now, and I'm kind of the opposite. I don't want any any hint of what's going to happen or any more characters because I'm enjoying the show I'm, so much. I'm being but, impatient. I mean, I'm just yeah. impatient. That's all. <laughs> well, it is. It, from what I understand, from what I've read, it's very different because the two stories are really not supposed to bisect. And they've yeah. been combined into into yeah, one. but so that you but really that's fine. Be reading the same thing. Oh, I know. I'm aware of that. So, but I'm still cool with that. But let's wrap this up. We're definitely saying two thumbs up. Very good show. Great oh, yeah. finale. Great finale. Oh, and the cliffhanger definitely. for next season is just just enough to make you go, "Oh my god, I can't wait." All yeah. right. Yeah. If you guys have any questions or comments, send them to tvcampfire.gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter, on sci-fi.radio, Weenopolis, and iTunes. And we'll talk to you guys next time. Bye-bye! Bye! Bye.